Very important. Right, okay. Um, welcome back. Never ask me for my consent. Oh, my word, that must be new. <laughs> That's new. Um, uh, sorry, folks, we just interrupted there by Zoom doing some weird stuff. Um, welcome back to another Sports Coaching Insights. It's great to be here. I have Simone with us again. Watched, caught up with some, watching some of Simone's hockey on the weekend. Managed to catch up and watch the team that you you coached, Simone, and also the game that you played in. Um, but good to see you. Good to see you back. Has has everything been going? Yeah, no, it's good to be back. It's good. It's yeah, things are things are yeah. So Africa's starting to hit the third wave, kind of you know, well the third wave. Um, so. They're clamping down on sport here and there and whatever. So we're actually, at the moment, we're waiting to hear from the national hockey body if hockey will be going on still. Um, but schools at schools, they called it off. We would start for about a week and now we're back at just very strict protocols during training. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, those, those frustrating times. But nothing stops us from doing online stuff unless the – the Wi-Fi doesn't work or electricity or whatever. So, we're, yeah. Yeah, unless you have load shedding going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's interesting times because uh, there's been some new cases here in Victoria and there's, there's talk of what that means and what's happening. So it is, I guess, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting right at the moment. So looking ahead, looking at what today's topic is going to be about, we're talking about building confidence in a young team or a new team. Um, I, I guess it, it, it's it's an interesting topic, very broad topic. Um, you, when you're stepping into a, a new role with a team that's probably got, uh, you know, in a with a team that's probably not got that that winning feeling about it, it hasn't won in the past. Um, Perhaps skill levels are not quite there. What do you feel you need to do as a coach when you first walk into that that position? Um, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing is to enforce a feeling of well, that whole thing that winning isn't everything. Um, don't put, don't set your goal for that team to win. Don't even put any. Don't even speak about winning. Set a goal that is very quickly achievable. It's still challenging, but very quickly achievable because as soon as they actually achieve that goal, it will already instill new confidence in them. Um, whether you know it is, okay, in this game, all we want to do is make sure that as soon as they enter the 25, every single one of their players are man-marked. No more zonal marking, man-marking for the defense, links, your one goal for the match is that you make sure that every single ball that comes through the link line gets distributed to the strikers. And strikers, your one goal is to get into the D, get 10 shots at goal, something like that, you know? Um, small little goals. And sometimes it does help to break it up between the different lines of, um, of play. But... Um, yeah, to make sure that you don't tell the goals, okay, look, our goal is just to win this match. Or even have a goal of, okay, by the end of the second chucker, 
that's what we call them. I don't know if you guys call them chakras, but it's the you second call, like, hey? You mean the quarters of the house? Yes. Well, yeah, they're quarters now, but yes. So the end of the second chakra, half, quarter, whatever, we have been dominating or they've only entered our circle this many times, whatever. Small goals like that, because as soon as the girls feel that during a match and after a match and you get them to focus on that, they start feeling, okay, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can actually, okay. And then they keep working and they keep working and then you set a new goal. Yeah. You're right there. It's about it, it, it's about finding the little wins, the things that are going to build confidence quickly and rapidly. Um, is you know what what sort of things are you doing? You know, particularly if you've got a group of, a group of players individually, each one is is struggling skill wise. From a skills point of view, what are the thing? What are the little wins that you're going to be trying to get for them or help them get? in those first few weeks. Yeah. So funny enough, this whole, this whole topic is, I don't know if you decided this because you saw my matches weekend or whatever, but it's very applicable to my, my club team that I've been coaching this year. Um, I came into the club new as well, and it's um, a very beginner team type of team, that sort of thing. And so I kind of thought to myself, okay, I'm not going to try and make them excellent hockey players. I'm just going to try and make them a good team. So I didn't really focus on much skill or anything like that. I tried to focus on structure and them just making sure they're in the right position, knowing where they should be and just passing the ball and passing the ball and passing the ball. And so we started with that and I kind of, you know, I was speaking to them about troughing and how the defense should set up and your presses and, you know, really getting good, tight structure going. And it just wasn't sinking in with them. And like the first two matches, it really was frustrating. You know, it wasn't sinking in. They, they couldn't really do anything. And yeah, it was just all over the place. And then I kind of realized, okay, you know what? No, this is not going to work. Let's change it. And so then I just said to them, you know what? Stuff the structure stuff the troughing, stuff the press, like forget about it. You guys go out and do what, what you're comfortable with. And if you don't trough the whole match, I'm fine. If you And then based on how they play during the match, I would just tweak things here and there, small things, pl player to player, player to player. And that worked. So I was like, okay, so let's build on this now. And so then the next week we went, you know, and built on what they already knew. Um, so I didn't reinvent them as hockey players or a team. I kind of took what they, oh, I'm, I'm busy still doing it, taking what they already know and tweaking it here and there to make it better. Yet still keeping them comfortable because otherwise I was just overwhelming them with a whole bunch of, hockey knowledge that they couldn't grasp because they didn't have the basics. And so, yeah. And from there, it's just gotten better and better and better, you know, and okay. The team, the team really struggles with having a bench or goalie. <laughs> we have played numerous matches without a goalie and we've played even more matches with only 
11 players. Um, so the biggest thing in that team and the thing that I think will never, ever let us down is the uh, character of the team. Because when they get to the third chakra and I'm like, guys, let the ball do the work. The ball will run faster than you will. And you're going to get tired if you run. The ball doesn't get tired. You know, I can say it and I can say it and I can say it, but sometimes they just won't listen. And then they're all tired, you know, and it builds team character because they carry each other through it, match after match, still playing really, really well, you know. Um, our match on Saturday, it we dominated the match. We didn't even have a goalie mm-hmm. and only lost 1-0, you know. They dominated the match. If, if, if we'd had a bench, if we'd had a goalie, you know, possibly a different type of outcome. But that builds character and the goal see that themselves as well and then it instills confidence in them which actually had nothing to do with hockey it had nothing to do with how many times they could skill past a player or anything like that um so yeah i can't actually remember if i answered your question but oh well i think you did you did quite well actually um dad's online he says get ace of mine like your hair so there you go um, thank you. Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good afternoon over here. Um, you talked about there, you said, oh, stuff, the structure, stuff, this, stuff, that. Uh, there would be a lot of coaches out there, a lot of coaches out there that go, oh, oh my God. Oh, God forbid. Um, can't do that. Um, but how important is it to let to let a team particularly someone you knew a new team that's perhaps hasn't had that success or hasn't isn't as skilled to let them actually create their own way of doing things it's extremely important because otherwise they firstly will lose all confidence in themselves and will be dependent players they'll be dependent on you to tell them what to do um, you know if you just look at a simple thing like the trough so that's playing it around the back, the defense. Um, say now your center half is taking it on the right-hand side of the field. I need my coaching board, actually. But anyways, actually, can I get my coaching board? It's yes. going to be much easier. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you're – I can't believe I'm going to use pink. But I'm going to use pink. So if you've set up your trough – uh, let's say we're taking it over here. Raise the board up. Yeah, I just needed to draw that. So if you're setting up your chop and we're taking, let me just get another color. And you're taking the ball over here, for example. Okay. If your center half does not have the ball speed or the confidence to get the ball from there, now I'm going to draw backwards, from there to there and out, and then the sweeper out to there, you can't expect her to trough because the other team is going to step through. But if she has the confidence to take the ball and possibly play, you know, a triangle with a player that's over here, play that and then that, I can't draw it backwards. Let her do that. Don't tell her, okay, you are going to trough now. I don't care what you say. Just trough the ball. You're in a cramped channel. Maybe she physically can't get the ball there. Maybe she doesn't have the confidence to, you know, and then the players look at you going, yeah, okay. uh, uh, Okay. 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 okay, I'm just going to do it coach. And then she does it. She does it because you asked her to, and then she doesn't do it right. And then you shout at her for that. And then it's the players end up feeling, but I don't know what to do. 
And that's what you never want your players to get to, you know. I mean, my my sweeper came to me. Now she's a, she's the only adult in my team actually, because it's open it's open level, so anyone can play. But because my team is young, they're mostly school girls. So she, yeah, she's the, she's the adult in the team, and she came to me uh, after our match actually on Saturday and said to me, look. This is the first year that we're that that I feel like there's a point to why we're on the turf. There's actually a kind of somewhere that we're going. We're not just running on and doing anything. Yeah, she said to me like, yes, we haven't grasped playing the ball around the back yet. We maybe don't do it as mu- as much as we should, you know. But we there's some motivation. Like the wheels in their in their brains are starting to turn, going, okay, this is why we're doing this, this is why we're doing that. And that's ultimately all you can ask of any player in any team, you know, to just every week feel like little bit by little bit they're improving. They're doing this better, they're doing that better, you know. Me as a player, I, I pride myself on doing that too. It's it's what you should be doing. So yeah. Again, I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> I'm just going to be going on a whole bunch of rants today. <laughs> it's one of those days. We're here again, folks, the Sports Coaching Insights with Simone, and she's answering questions and doing a pretty good job, and we're, we're going along pretty well here. Um, okay, so we, we, you know, we've I've had the experience of actually walking into a team and... They're playing a game. They're not necessarily playing hockey. So from your point of view, if you were coming into a situation like that where you've got a group of players, they're playing a game. They're just not playing the right game, so to speak. Mm. What would you be – how would you approach that? So they're, they're playing a game, but they're not playing – Hockey, I know that sounds a strange way to suck. To put this into practical terms, they're playing like, for example, one of the games they could be playing is ping pong or tennis. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Tennis on the hockey field. Yeah. And my team did it on Saturday. <laughs> or at a stage. <laughs> so I did say that. I did say that. Yeah. Yes, and I went, I went, your I was going off, I must say, because I was like, stop. Anyways, so look, I feel, and I don't know, there's many reasons why a team would start playing like this. Maybe they've lost their structure. Maybe the other team started playing it and they fell into that you know, trap. They dropped their game of it, whatever it is. Or they feel like, okay, well, we're not getting the ball up. We're not getting the ball forward by playing it around and small passes. So let's just try some big, big hits and it just gets trapped and then it gets hit back and trapped and hit back and trapped and hit back. Oh, it's so frustrating. The biggest thing then is to realize that whole change in game is a lot bigger than what's happening on the field. Mm. It comes down to the mental because whoever is in the middle of that whole thing needs to go, okay, whoa, 
Let's just relax. Even if you're standing doing this on the halfway, pull your sweeper all the way out to the 25, to, the, to your defensive 25 and pass the ball to them. So that you pull yourself, you pull your team out of that situation completely. And as a coach standing on the side, what do you do? We don't get timeouts in hockey unless someone's injured. Mm. So what do you do? You can't, you know, in football, you, you can call a timeout. You can't do that yet. You, so my suggestion or what I would do is one of my players that is on the side of the field where the, where the dugout is, where the coach is standing, call them to you and just say, okay, look, this is not working. Get the message through to, to that person or that person or that person when it's convenient. Just say, pull out of the situation and do something else. Manage some other way. And then just manage. Just manage then. Don't try and go up. Don't try and go in. Just manage the rest of the situation until the, the end of the chucker. And then that's your halftime talk or your chucker time talk. Whether you've got your two minutes or your five minutes, that's what you talk about. Guys, if we get into that type of situation, just relax, compose yourself again. They've lost composure. Compose yourselves again, okay? Take it out, and you try again in some other way. And that's all you do, I think. We've got uh, Rupam, our good friend Ruben from hey, India. Hey, Rupam. Is watching. Rupam is watching. I uh, hope everything's going well up there. I know it's been it's tricky times in India at the moment. Yeah. Um, I did see he was publishing some some hockey videos, so it looks like maybe he's that's good. He's, he's getting back to some coaching up there. So hopefully that's good news. If he is still with us, he's still watching. Let us know how if you can let us know how we, how everything's going. Well done. That'll be good. Um, you, you showed briefly there. You showed the whiteboard with a team that's that lacks confidence or lacks understanding of, of structure and, and, and you're trying to instill this into them. How important is it to use visual? What sort of approach are you going to take? Are you taking it where you, you're physically doing it on the track or are you using whiteboards? What, you know? You've got to do all of it. Hmm. With the beginner team like that, some of the goals, you can't rely on them having basic hockey knowledge. So you've got to teach them, spoon feed them almost. But you don't want to spoon feed them too much, but you still need to make sure they grasp what you're saying. Mm. So because different kids and different people um, take things in in different ways, some people can understand verbal. Other people can understand visual. Other people understand actual practical doing it. Mm. So when you're explaining things to them, you explain it. With like verbally, you draw it, and then you actually go and do it. You actually show them on the turf. This is where the position is. That's where, that's where that 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 that. You got to do all three, and eventually you start picking up the people, and or your players, and in what way they can actually perceive what you're saying. And then when you are speaking to them one on one, you know exactly how to you know, give the message through to them. But until you know them that well, you've got to just do all three because otherwise half of them are going to understand what's happening and the other half aren't. And you can't expect the rest of the team to make the, the others understand because 
they they're they're kids man they don't know all of that stuff you as a coach have to know that and that's where it kind of comes in that you don't need a, a background in education or background in childcare or a background in sports psychology but at the same time you do have to know a little bit about human interaction and perception and that comes from really just taking the time to do research and study it um yeah it's those small things that coaches don't realize coaches think that if they have played hockey for 10 years at a provincial level that they can be a coach no yeah yeah i agree with you on that no no that doesn't mean doesn't mean you can coach just simply because you've been you've been a player uh, and in fact, often some of the some of the best players make some of the worst coaches. I can there's a litany of those, not just in hockey. And there's nothing wrong with that either. It's okay because maybe coaching is not your calling. You were a good player, but your calling is somewhere else, and that's fine. Mm. Um, but then don't kid yourself about it, and don't don't take the opportunity of learning away from from kids. Rather, give them a coach that actually knows what they're doing. Um, that's completely a different topic. Yeah, well, sort of. It's sort of and sort of not. It, it, it does tie in a little bit, particularly when you're working a little with, bit, yeah. with a team that's that's learning. It's it's not a good yeah. idea to be putting someone in there that is going to berate and yell and 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 this comes to my next question: What temperament does that coach need to have? <laughs> And you know why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, you also know why I'm laughing. I know <laughs> okay. <laughs> I promise you this weekend was not as bad as it's been before. <laughs> I didn't. I, didn't. I call it that. Don't comment about the... <laughs> was not referencing that, was I? No. Look. <laughs> you need to as a coach um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's really funny because I've really experienced this firsthand this year I like I'll just story I'm a very passionate we all know I'm a very passionate coach and whatever whatever and I also come across sometimes quite intensely when I explain things in hockey and all of that, you know, and the, I've got the strikers, a striker's temperament, um, but yet I'm also a coach. So it, it can be quite intense sometimes. And so a lot of the players that don't know me yet as a person or as a coach or whatever are like, okay, never do anything wrong when she's around. You know, and then you started, you know, started explaining to them, don't worry, like, it's not how I am or whatever. And eventually they understand that I'm going like crazy on the side of the field and at team talk, I'm like, listen, 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 listen. It's that simple. Just come on now, let you know. And eventually they understand that it's not actually me being angry. It's just, you know, the in-match type of thing. So... You've got a responsibility as a coach, though, to help your players understand who you are just as much as you have to understand who they are. 
And that's where coaching, coach player relationship comes in so much, you know. Um, the players need to understand how you communicate and what you say. And it's your responsibility to make them do that. It's not their responsibility. Mm. So a coach's temperament, you never want to change who you are as a coach or who you are as a person. But there is a line, you know. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very, it's a line I like to walk near, near, near and close to. <laughs> well, you know, from a coaching point of view, I always say the older you get, the more mellow you get, um, the more chill. I think that that is very true because the young coaches are the ones that are still, because I think it's also because we're still players. So we still have that, like, I want to go play or, oh, come on, I would have done this or I would have done that, you know, type of thing. Or just that, not that, not that the old people lose their passion, not that. But we've still got that, like, wilder side where we want to just, you know, the passion comes out. And I think as you get older as a coach and as you go through more and more experience, you learn to just tone it down. The thing is, I said to my team uh, when we played last week, I said to them, I'm not going to shout today. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to watch you and be calm. And I did that. I really, it was very hard to, but I stood there quietly, you know, and when they did something, I was like, well done, good stuff. And if they didn't do it, I was like, okay, next time. And they came off and a few of them came to me afterwards and was like, coach, are you giving up on us? And I was like, what? And they were like, no, it just seemed like you weren't here today. You weren't mm. like, you weren't, we didn't know that you were on the side of the field. We had to look. That's interesting. And I was like, right, cool. So that was a really awesome experiment to do where, yes, Sometimes it's not nice to be on the field and for your coach to be going berserk, but sometimes that's what the players actually appreciate because they know that you're just as passionate about what they're doing as they are. That's interesting. So, yeah. That's interesting that they, they would see it that way. Um, yeah. They're used to the style and they, and they, and they respond to it. And to be to be very honest, it's the parents that have more of a problem with it. <laughs> the parents don't understand it. Why is, why is this coach shouting at my child like that? And that's you're like, okay, let me just explain to you what's happening here. And I'm one of those people that I don't really ever feel like I have to explain my coaching methods and styles to anyone. But sometimes you do. The parents don't always understand what's actually happening and that sort of thing. And so then you've got to just, okay, this is what's happening. This is why, da, 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 it's okay. You can tell your child if they have a problem and if they feel they're being attacked or whatever, then they can come and talk to you. But also, hockey players are not softies. And if you are softy and you want to play hockey, I'll make you tough. So if you want to be a softy, go play netball. Oh, oh, oh hello. <laughs> 
Bakes <laughs> Ramona's on fire today. And he's zinging the netball community. Where's Kieran now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> where's Kieran now? Well, if he's watching, he can certainly add comment to that because uh, he's obviously he's getting big about various other sports that are carrying on at the moment. So he's got a passion about something else. So, yeah, I think he's just, I think the sport that he's got a passion about at the moment, I think he's probably just being a little bit of a, uh, would be the word masochist might be the description to describe his view on that one. Um, anyway, a uh, bit of a comment in here. Uh, Dad said, I, I saw Simone waving the flies away on Saturday. Reference to your... Uh... <laughs> oh, no. The animation. Sometimes in my because my the league that my girls play in is one of the lower leagues, uh, the umpires are often learning still. And I don't do well with learning umpires. I'm an umpire myself and I'm also learning. But no. So yes, I, I wanna I wanna I wanna put something in here. It's probably going to come up as a topic later on in one of another episode of Sports Coaching Insights, but it relates a little bit to this. How important is it with a team that is inexperienced or is, is, has lost confidence and needs to get confidence, how important is it from a coaching point of view to be consistent? Consistent in everything you do. You're trying to teach the players... Um, I lost my train of thought now. You're trying to teach them a specific style and you're trying to help them find their style of hockey that they're going to live by. They're kind of hockey code, if you will. So to find that, consistency is one of the most important things. They need to know. And it also it's not, even, it's not only consistency, it's planning. They need to know that you, because they feel completely like out of it and overwhelmed sometimes maybe, <clears throat> you got to be the person that grounds them as a coach and keeps them like they're like a balloon. And you've got to just keep them tied down to the path that they're going on. And they might feel overwhelmed and you've got to ground them again. Um and again and again and again. And that's where the consistency comes in. Because they're the ones that are learning something new. You're not. You're just teaching it. It's about them. So consistency, extremely important. Yeah, and I guess, I guess too, would be avoiding being a cookie-cutter coach as well. Mm. Picking stuff from other coaches and just assuming it's going to work with this, this team. Your... That's the worst thing to do. You've got to actually have, you can't coach from a textbook. That's why you don't get coaching textbooks. Yes, you get your different level qualifications and that's a, that's a, you know, a handbook, a guide. But that's the thing. It's a guide. It's not this and this and this and this and this. That's why you get so many different drills for the same thing because in different situations, it applies in different ways. And that's why you get so many different formations because in different situations, it applies in different ways. You can't now 
while your team is warming up, see, ooh, they're playing a, a two two strikers, four links, four defenders. Ooh, that looks fun and interesting. Okay, cool. Let's do that, guys. No. Yeah. Because maybe that doesn't apply to your match. The other coach is doing that for a specific reason. And yes, learn from other coaches. Go and then find out if you can't figure out why that coach is doing that. Go and find out why. Mm. But you you've got to constantly be developing with your team and constantly being change be changing your approach with what is gonna make the team better. Um that doesn't mean change your style though. It just means change your tactic. But your style needs to stay consistent. So yeah, don't be a cookie cutter coach. Cookie cutters are boring. So summing up, is there any are there any in this particular area, is there any last minute, any last thoughts that you would you would be urging? You confidence to build confidence in players. So and I'll this is a like a summing up story basically. I have a player who not a very confident person on a whole, um, which is fine. She's very talented though. She just doesn't have confidence in her abilities. And so I've been building it slowly, slowly, slowly. And she started now learning whammies. What do you guys call it? The sweep? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So, and so she does it at practices, you know, and it's constantly coach, 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 I do this type of thing, you know, and it's like awesome, awesome, awesome. And so in matches, so she's a striker. So in matches, every time she gets to the top of the D with a ball or she receives the ball at the top of the D, I shout, whammy, 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 whether she does it or not or whether she even has the opportunity to do it or not, I shout it. And the first three matches of the season, (laughs) she would... Pull it to a weak side and then pull it back to a strong side and take a strong side shot. And then while she would be like, whether she scored or missed it or whatever, she would turn around and go, sorry, coach, I tried. (laughs) And that would be the thing. And eventually the one match, she had the space, whatever, whatever, and she did it. And it was a complete fluff. The ball went absolutely nowhere. But I went like ballistic on the side of the field clapping, cheering. I looked up to the stand and I told her mom, please just go crazy for a second for me. And like, and since that match, she's done it in every single match and it's getting better in every single match. This weekend she did a whammy and yeah, it wasn't a goal, but it at least got to the box type of thing. Mm. And every time she's done it, I can see her turn around and that pride in this is something I've been working at and working at and working at. And I've had my coach backing me and supporting me. And now it's actually starting to work. And it's small things like that. That seem completely sacrificing a good shot at goal, which could be a actual goal. So that she can execute a skill that she's been working hard at is ultimately what it's about because it's not about winning. Yeah. So I thought that was an applicable story. It certainly is. It certainly is. And it comes back to, I think we'll finish off with this last question. 
you're trying to build confidence in the team, how important is it you're actually confident yourself? Oh, extremely. Extremely important. You don't have to be this perfect whole person that is, you know, like smashing it at life. No. But you have to be confident in what you're telling them. You have to believe in your ability to be what they need you to be. Your ability as a coach. Your style as your style of coaching, all of that. That's what you have to be confident in. If you're confident in nothing else, be confident in that. Well, thank you once again for another fantastic sports coaching insights. A little different this week to last week, a little bit more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. We're back to that we lighthearted. We could say we would make it a little bit more lighthearted. We're back to that lighthearted approach. Last week was was an in-depth discussion, and there will be more of those from time to time. There's bound to be, but today was a bit more of a lighthearted approach, and we and we we thank everyone that's been watching and we thank everyone that's at home that's been watching and uh, we look forward to doing it all again next week. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much. We will be back next week. See you next week, guys.